Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to What's the Spread. I'm Grant Simino. And I'm Connor Reynolds. This will be episode three. It should be episode four, but we had some uh, technical difficulties on the last episode. We'll call that the episode that never was. We put a lot of work into it. It was a really good episode, Connor, and then just the audio fucked up, so we couldn't post it. Yeah, I was disappointed with that. We went through uh, our top 10 most uh, must-watch athletes of the past 10 years, and I think we did. That was a really cool segment and fun to do, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to redo that one in the future sometime. Definitely get it in an episode. No question about it. And Tonight we have a special episode we're doing. Uh, we usually do our episodes on Thursdays, but tonight we're doing it on Wednesday in honor of the NFL draft. That's tomorrow, and what we're going to do tonight is a mock draft of the first round. Uh, we'll go into like a little bit of basketball and hockey prior to that, but uh, really looking forward to that. So the way we're going to do it is um, I'll go first, and then from there we'll just alternate between picks, and we're going to do our take on the first round. Um, just pretty much doing like a mock draft. I think it's going to be a really good time. I've been watching them on uh, ESPN recently, so I mean, I'm really excited to do that. Yeah, I mean, everybody around this time of year is doing their – doing their mock drafts and you've got the, the Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay sort of competition, the back and forth. So we're, we're doing a, our own version of that. So it should be, should be good. But if you take my players, I'm uh, I'm not going to be too happy. <laughs> well, you're going to be surprised with my first pick. So, but uh, yeah, before we start oh, that, um, before we start that, uh, we're just going to touch on hockey and uh, basketball a little bit. Uh, we'll start with basketball. I mean, last night, uh, I'm sure you saw it, Connor. I got off my flight. And I got home just in time to see it. Uh, Damian Lillard shot to uh, seal that series in uh, Portland. That was amazing, wasn't it? Unreal. I mean, yeah, I'm so glad that I stayed up and watched it. I've been staying up probably way too late watching these <laughs> uh, all these West Coast playoff games. But, man, they have not disappointed. I stayed up late to watch that Clippers comeback against the uh, the Warriors. And then last night, I mean, that was one of the best performances in the playoffs that I can remember in recent years. Uh, Dame Lillard goes for 50, uh, comes back from down. I think they're down by as many as 11 in the fourth quarter, maybe with six minutes left. And, I mean, he he had been keeping them in the game the entire night, and that last shot, just 37-footer over one of the best defenders in the league in Paul George. And uh, after the game, he called it comfortable range, which is just absurd to me. Yeah, I mean, you would think guys like Steph Curry would do that with ease, but Damian Lillard's a great player, don't get me wrong, but for somebody to pull up like that, I mean, he had nothing to lose. Granted, the game was tied. He had nothing to lose, but just to pull up with that much confidence, that was insane, and that is definitely an all-time shot, in my opinion. I mean, you think about, for me personally, like I think about, I was thinking today, like what shots that I remember watching in, in person or that I had that magnitude, and I was thinking, like, okay, you got the Derek Fisher shot with .4 seconds left, but that wasn't to clinch the series. That was in game five. There were six games in that series against San Antonio. And you got the shot. I remember in 2009, LeBron hit it over Orlando, uh, the buzzer beater at the top of the three-point line off the uh, yep. backboard. Uh, but, like, so again, that was a game, too. I mean, it wasn't to seal the series. Um, Kyrie's three-pointer against the Warriors in the finals, but it wasn't a buzzer beater. Huge so, shot. I mean, all huge right. shots. But, I mean, to win the series at the buzzer, I mean, holy shit. I mean, I can't put, I can't wrap my head around it. It was phenomenal. From that range to go for 50, like, unreal. Incredible night. Uh, just real quick so we don't so we don't leave it out and get any uh, 
any pushback for flack from anybody. You can't forget Ray Allen's uh, corner three in game oh, right. six of the finals. Right. Yeah, great shot. But once again, I mean, that was to go to game seven. So, like, just the, the magnitude to clinch the series, I mean, unreal in my opinion. Right. But that Ray Allen shot was huge, definitely up there. All those shots I named. I mean, can you think of any others? Uh, not off the top of my head right now. Jordan shot uh, against Utah. I mean, that's a big one too. Utah, sure, game, huge game shot. Two. That so. was to clinch, and I think Chauncey Billups back in maybe. Uh, I want to say 2005, but I'd have to check that. Another huge shot, but Dame's definitely up there. Degree of difficulty, probably the highest I've seen in a long time. No question about um, it. I saw a stat, or I heard it was Shannon Sharp today. I don't know. I didn't fact check him, but there have been six buzzer beating shot buzzer beaters to win playoff series um, in NBA history. Dame Lillard now has two of those six. Uh, Michael Jordan has two, so he's tied with MJ now for most uh, series clinching buzzer beaters. Unreal. I do remember his last one. It was a couple years ago, maybe three or four. I do remember that shot. So. It was 2014 yeah. against Houston, down two with less than a second left. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, Dame, he, I don't think he gets a lot, enough respect, and it might be because of the market he plays, and he plays in Portland. So, definitely a top five. Yeah, and I mentioned guard, that. So. Right. We talked about that a little bit last week. No one's ever going to hear it, but we were talking about where Dame ranks among point guards in the league. Um, I ha- I have to say he's definitely in my top three. I'd put him probably right behind Steph Curry. Um it stinks that he plays in a small West Coast market and people don't get to see him as much uh, nationally. But um, I think this series is is putting him on the map for sure. People are paying attention now. No doubt, no doubt. So for the gambling piece of the NBA, we have three games – or excuse me, three series left um, in the first round. Game five – or is it game five or game six? L.A. and Golden State. Game five at Golden Game State. Game five tonight. Uh, Golden State's a 14.5-point favorite, and the over-under is 232.5. What do you think, Connor? Um, I tend to stay away from 14.5-point favorites. I don't think that Golden uh, – I do, yeah, Milwaukee, <laughs> I mean, against Detroit, just ridiculous performance, especially in the second half of game four. But um, for the most part, 14.5 points, I mean, there's no – if they're up by 10 late in the game, there's no reason for them to keep their foot on the gas. If they're up by 15 even, that's not a safe lead. I mean, they could let up a garbage time bucket or two. So uh, I did take Golden State minus 8.5 in the first half. Uh, that is my only basketball bet for this evening. Um, I think they'll, they'll get off to a hot start. Clay mentioned they're going to put on a show for the fans after blowing that 31-point lead in their last home game. So expect them to come out hot tonight. Yeah, um, I would probably take Golden State 14 and a half just because I think they're going to clinch. And, I mean, I would expect them to win around. They might win above 20 points, truthfully. They could. They absolutely. could. I mean, they might blow them out just to set the tone. They're going to come in most likely playing Houston. I don't want to jinx anybody, but they'll be most likely playing Houston. With the exception of one game, they've been playing great balls. So, that's the next game. They're favored by eight and a half against Utah. Over under 214. I like Houston in that game, and I'd probably take the over. Uh, I like Houston as well. I would probably lean the under in that one. Um, just the way that this series is going, not a ton of – it's not the same offensive production you see uh, during the regular season from Houston. 
Uh, Utah has the ability to slow them down. Um, Utah, not a super high powered offense, except for that fourth quarter of game four, when they uh, just totally ran away with that game to send it back to send the series to game five. But I think you're right. Houston has no trouble covering eight and a half, but I would take the under on that one if I had to pick. Okay. And then tomorrow, uh, Denver, San Antonio, game six, Spurs favored by two and a half to push it to game seven and the over-unders 208. Yeah. So, um, San Antonio in the second half of the season was one of the, one of the best home teams in the league. They just threw up an egg last night in Denver. So I think pop's going to be on their ass. I think San Antonio wins the game and covers two and a half easily to force the game seven on that series. I agree. I would not bet against pop facing elimination, maybe especially at home, maybe game seven. I might take the nuggets, but Definitely take – I think that's honestly – that's my favorite of this entire spread would be San Antonio minus two and a half in game six. I agree. So, I might touch that one. I'm not touching anything tonight, but Antonio two and a half tomorrow. I'm going to see if the line moves at all, maybe get it at two or one and a half. We'll see. Okay. So, um, Eastern Conference is locked in. We got Milwaukee, Boston, both coming off of sweeps, and we also have – the Sixers playing the Raptors. What are you thinking about that series or those couple series? So I'll start with the Milwaukee-Boston series. Um, Boston, obviously, a stronger team than Detroit, so I don't think that it's going to be quite the dominant performance we saw from Milwaukee in the first round. Uh, I do think that Milwaukee wins this series uh, at most six games, but I'd put it at five. Uh, Celtics probably get one at home, but Milwaukee w- splits with them in Boston and then takes game five at home to uh, to win that series in advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that Boston's the team to beat them. Uh, I agree. Um, I want to touch on what I said last week about Indiana being one of the worst teams coming into the playoffs, and I don't think anybody was really covering that because of how well they rebounded when Victor Oladipo went down. I thought Tyreek Evans was going to play a huge part in that series, and the whole team was a ghost. Like, Boston dominated them. Game three, it took a huge comeback. But – or it might have been game two, actually. But um, that was last Wednesday, I believe. Uh, Boston, they looked great in the first round, but Milwaukee looked absolutely dominant. And I think they're going to win in about six, maybe five as well. So, I think series price is – I mean, obviously they're favored, but – Taking the series price might not be a bad bet for uh, Milwaukee. They have been by far the most impressive-looking team in the uh, entire NBA in the first round. Agreed, yeah. Um, maybe not a ton of value. You'd be laying a lot of a lot of juice on, on Milwaukee for the series price, but I, I don't see them losing in the second round, so probably a pretty safe bet. Agreed. Toronto-Philly? Toronto-Philly is going to be really interesting. Um Joel Embiid, even though he's been questionable and missed a game in that first round, he's been and questionable with his knee every single game. He has looked pretty much uh, as good as I've seen him all year. Uh, pretty dominant performances in, I think, games one and four, maybe five. Um, but he is putting up big numbers. He's the key to their team. When the offense runs through him, they are they are definitely – a uh, force to be reckoned with. Uh, on the other hand, Toronto, uh, their defense has looked amazing. Granted, it was against the Magic, but I think they held them to under 100 points in 
all but one game in that series, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and under 90 even a couple times. So uh, Kawhi leading that defense. He's a great defender, obviously one of the best in the league. We've touched on that before. Um, I think this game's this series is going to seven games. I give the edge to Toronto because they have the home court advantage, but this is going to be this is going to be the one of the better series that we see in this playoffs. I agree, and I'll be the first to admit I was sleeping on Philadelphia. Um, I thought they had chemistry issues. Same with Boston. I thought Boston had chemistry issues. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Boston looked really good. Um, Got to give credit where credit's due to both teams. I thought Philly had internal issues. Um, I didn't think they could put the team together in the playoffs when they had to play together against the same team night in and night out. I thought Jimmy Butler was too much of a me guy. Uh, I thought Ben Simmons was not a great point guard. I mean, he has skills and like passing and all that, but he can't shoot. Um, he, the game, I think it was game three, he put up like 31 points. I mean, he played tremendously. Uh, so I give credit where credit's due. It'll be really interesting to see how they do against a better lineup because Brooklyn, while they had D'Angelo Russell, is probably the most improved player this year. Really young team. Uh, I mean, Toronto's vets. They have Marcus Gasol, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry. I mean, they have a lot of vets. So, They'll I mean, it's also be, be really... They've got the the other candidate for most improved player in Pascal Siakam, who's turning into a, a star. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they're going to have a tremendous series. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the West isn't set in stone yet, but – for the East, uh, I mean, Boston, Milwaukee is going to be a great series, I think. But I think Philly and Toronto is more even than Boston and Philly. So, really looking forward to that series. Um, really excited to see how Kawhi does. And then also the uh, Marcus Gasol, Joel Embiid matchup is kind of intriguing, too. So, I mean, um, you got a guy like Joel Embiid, who's a dominant big man. guy like Marcus Gasol, um, five years ago, six years ago, in the defensive part of the year. Uh, really face up big man, really good passer. So we'll see how that goes. I'm still a great defender. It. Yeah, shut down Vucevic exactly. in that series in the first round. So he did. So he's still he's kind of aging gracefully. He's getting up there in years, but he's still contributing. I think that was a great trade for Toronto. Definitely, and, uh, it'd be really interesting to see what happens in the East. All right. So uh, who you got coming on. out of that series? You didn't give us a prediction. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got Toronto in seven. Also, I think it'll go. Actually, no. I'm going to say Toronto in six. All right. I think Toronto, Milwaukee, the one-two seed in the Eastern One versus Conference. two. Yep, I like we'll it. Probably, we'll probably get that. Well, San Antonio might upset Denver, but I'm thinking we might get the one-two in both conferences. But if you made me pick right now, I would say Golden State and Portland have looked the best. So Give me Portland. Portland-Golden State Western Conference Finals is my my early pick for that one. I love it. There's some. There's probably some value in betting um, – Portland for that. Uh, I mean, depending on the matchup, but I mean, if it's against Denver, they'll probably be underdogs. So, I mean, in that series price, there's probably some really good value in that. They're playing very well right now. They look great. Yep. All right. All right. Move We're on to some touch hockey. On, yeah, hockey, real quick. Um, I'm watching the Caps and the Hurricanes right now. It's kind of funny. I mean, Washington was up three one. Carolina scored two very quick goals, and we're about 40 seconds away from overtime. I have it on the background. Uh, this is Game Seven, so I mean, if Carolina wins. The interesting piece to me is if Carolina wins and all four wildcard teams will be invested to the second round. I don't know if that's ever happened. I mean, I'm sure it has, uh, but I highly doubt it. I mean, that means all – both one seeds for the conference are already out in Calgary and Toronto. Toronto's one of the best teams ever. They were four points away from tying Montreal 1976-16 for the most points ever in a single season. Um, Nashville got put out by Dallas Monday night. They won the Central, and then Washington won the uh, – Metropolitans. I mean, if they get put out, that's all four 
one seed's getting put out. And I want to say this also in terms of live betting for hockey, I've noticed a lot of these teams are getting down two nothing, three nothing, and coming back. So I mean, I think if you look at live betting for hockey, there's a lot of value in betting those teams when they get down to two nothing. I mean, Vegas and San Jose last night, whew, it was three nothing. Vegas was up three nothing. San Jose put up four straight goals unanswered in like a matter of like a few minutes during a five minute major. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Vegas scored a goal with like forty seconds left to force overtime. But and then uh, San Jose scored one with I think three minutes left in overtime because the way overtime works in hockey, if you're not anyone's not aware, instead of doing the five minutes three on three in the shootout, they play twenty minute periods five on five, sudden death until somebody scores. So I mean, there's been games where it's been triple overtime essentially playing two games right. I mean, i've watched those and they're kind of miserable to watch no <laughs> offense for so many periods but yeah and I really think good game last rare. night between between san jose and vegas and overtime that huge comeback and then the damian lillard shot like really good night for sports i was i got home in time I, like my flight didn't land until 11 last night but i got home in time to catch the end of both of those games so that was really nice uh I think Not there's also some sleep, but I was up for both yeah. of them also. But glad yeah, so I was. Also some value in betting um I think Colorado and Columbus to get to the uh Stanley Cup finals. Uh highly unlikely they both make it, but they're going to have really good odds and they both have a ton of momentum from t- knocking off the number one ranked team in their conference. So I think there's going to be some really good value in making that prop bet. I agree. Columbus, I mean Obviously, swept one of the better, one of the best teams, regular season teams in NHL history. So Ever, yeah, definitely, and definitely riding sweep them at that. Right, riding that momentum. I think that's, I think that's a great point. Uh, betting on them to to win the conference is probably a lot of value there. They're not going to be favorable, and you'll probably have a hedge opportunity at some point if it looks like they're not, uh, they don't come out with that same fire they did in the first round. Yeah, no question about it. So, all right, that's for it for hockey. Um, I don't really have any predictions. I think hockey's way too hard to call. I Still mean, up in the air. So many upsets. I don't even want to feel comfortable making any predictions. Me but neither. <laughs> I will definitely be watching the second round. I mean, it's, playoff hockey is so intense. I love it. So, I got this. Uh, we're at intermission. We're going to overtime in D.C. So, if anything changes while we're on the uh, show, we'll let you all know. Yes, sir. Go Caps. All right. Yes, sir. So uh, now we're going to do our NFL draft special. Um, I got my prospects pulled up. I got the uh, lineup pulled up. So the way we'll do it is I will – I'm going first. Um, Connor's a Ravens fan, and they're picking 22nd. So I figured I'd give him the uh, Ravens pick. So that has me going first. And uh, Arizona's picking first. The uh, hot name is Kyler Murray. But uh, I'm going to go Nick Bosa. I mean, I think – my thing God is, uh, damn it. my thing with that is, uh, I mean, I think Kyle Murray is a tremendous player. He's kind of the AirPods of this draft, if you will. That's a weird, uh, very millennial <laughs> metaphor, but or excuse me, analogy. Uh, but Nick Bosa is the best player in this draft, in my opinion. And I think you already have a quarterback in Josh Rosen. You have a new coach who is an offensive mastermind. So I think you should keep your quarterback, who's probably, you know capable of playing under the right coach, take the best player, build your depth. So first pick Arizona, Nick Bosa. I had a feeling and Connor, I'll be writing all these down by the way. So just to let you know. So we know who's off the board. I appreciate that. Right. Um, all right. 
And just so we're clear, we're not doing any trading of picks here. This is just no, the, the order that it stands right now. Um, so the second pick is for the 49ers. Obviously, if Nick Bosa was available, I agree. He's the best player available in the draft. Um, but I had a feeling you would do something like that. So my uh, my plan B is to go uh, Quinn and Williams from Alabama. Um, I think San Francisco is locked in on getting – a uh, defensive player, a good pass rusher, and um, with Nick Bosa not available because you stole him, um, I'm going <laughs> with Williams. I think he is the the next best option for San Francisco there. Okay. All right. Uh, New York Jets picking third. Uh, I'm reading their needs, D-line. The next best player, I mean, the first two off the board are defensive linemen. The next best player is Josh Allen from Kentucky. Tremendous edge rusher, really quick, gets in the backfield easily. Uh, they're going to build their exterior defensive line. They've worked on building their defense uh, in the last couple of years with Jamal Adams in the backfield. Uh, they also need cornerbacks. They also need receivers. But at the third pick, you got to go someone on the line who's going to uh, – you win the game on the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. So, third pick, I'm taking Josh Allen. All right. Um, this is not going as I expected yet. <laughs> Um, but I am prepared for the fourth pick. Um, I think that Oakland will take with uh, whoever has come off the board so far. I think Oakland's going to go with a quarterback and take Dwayne Haskins. Okay. Wow. Um, Curveball. So I understand that Kyler Murray, the supposed lock for the number one pick, is still available here. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but even so, I think um, Kyler Murray is a baseball player, and I think Dwayne Haskins projects uh, better as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, if I'm the Raiders there, you could you could go with either one. Both great players. Both have proven that they're great players in college. I think Dwayne Haskins projects better to the NFL, so I'm going with Haskins. Okay. And then, I mean, with John Gruden coaching Oakland now, we don't get the Gruden quarterback camp anymore, so – uh, maybe we'll have that scenario where he picks a quarterback at four and we'll get to see who he likes better. You never know. I mean, maybe Arizona passes on Kyler Murray. We'll see. Uh, five, Tampa Bay. They have a uh, gaping hole at linebacker. Uh, Quan Alexander went to the 49ers. So I'm going to fill that spot with another former LSU middle linebacker. I'm going to go Devin White. Devin White is probably the best linebacker in this draft, and I think he could re- do a really good job at commanding a defense. Um, tremendous player. So Devin White to the forty, or excuse me, to the Buccaneers. Interesting. Little LSU bias in there, maybe. Uh, definitely a top linebacker in the draft. That's higher than I expected him to go, but not not crazy pick. Okay. Um, or New York. New York. I had slotted in here Josh Allen. Um. But the way that things are playing out here, I think, and I don't think New York is thinking this way, and I don't. I even wrote down here that they're not smart enough to take a quarterback because for some <laughs> for some reason they still believe in Eli and that he is the, some somehow the quarterback of the future at however old he is, thirty five, thirty six years old. Um, but this with Kyler Murray still on the board here, even Dave Gettleman's going to take a quarterback. Um, so I'm going Kyler Murray at six, dropping from from the expected position of one. Um, yeah, Murray at six to the Giants. I think that's the smart I move. Feel, 
if that happens to him, I really feel bad for him. Uh, they just lost Odell Beckham, and I think the Giants are a dumpster fire. So it's sad. We'll see. Sad. He might he might go back and play for the uh, Oakland Athletics if that happens. Exactly. He's got that signing <laughs> bonus waiting for him if he wants to play baseball. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Seven is Jacksonville, um, and I think they need to beef up their offensive line. So I'm going to go with this big. Corn-fed motherfucker from Florida, Jawan Taylor, six five, three hundred twelve pounds. Uh, let's see, yeah, he's a tackle. Somebody's going to really beef up the exterior of the Jacksonville line, and they got Foles, right? Nick Foles in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I think you want to build around your hot commodity at quarterback, and I think they're going to go Jawan Taylor with what is left on the board. Jacksonville is seven. I like it. All right, Uh, Detroit. Detroit at eight. I am taking the first of the tight ends from tight end U and going TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. Um, I think this is higher than a lot of people expect him to go. And, um, but with the pass heavy offense that Detroit runs uh, and have been running for years, I think they, they just picked up Jesse James in the off season. Um, so TJ Hawkinson as a compliment at the tight end spot to him. They also could use O lineman, but um, Hawkinson on the line as a tight end, a blocking tight end, also can help them out um, and go out for passes from Stafford. So uh, I think Detroit's targeting a tight end, and Hawkinson is edges out Noah Fant as the best tight end available. So they're going Hawkinson at eight. Okay, good pick, good pick. Number nine, we got Buffalo. Uh, they have gaping holes at D-line and O-line, but I'm going to go defense here. I'm going to go Ed Oliver from Houston. Uh, really quick ex- uh, interior defensive lineman. Did a really good job of getting to the uh, quarterback a lot in college. You kind of wonder if, like, I mean, he played in the American Athletic Conference, which isn't terrible, but, I mean, he might have done better in, like, the Big Ten or the SEC, ACC uh, against better talent. And, I mean, the jury's out. I mean, we'll see. I think uh, Buffalo taking him at nine would be a really good pick. And I'd like to see how it does in uh, the pros. I think he's a great prospect. I like it. Very nice. Denver's up at number 10. Um, I was afraid that you were going to take my quarterback, but I'm going Drew Locke from Mizzou. I think he fits the the Elway mold. Denver's been looking for a quarterback to stick for a couple years now. Um, Drew Locke with the Haskins and uh, Haskins – and Murray off the board. Drew Locke is the the next option at quarterback. Elway's going to fall in love with him. Um, Denver's taking a quarterback here. Hopefully, the quarterback of the future. So Drew Locke at ten. Do you remember the last quarterback of the future for Denver? <laughs> I remember the last couple. Yeah, Paxton Lynch did not pan out. Yeah, so time for redemption. <laughs> now that uh, if Chad Kelly knew how to behave, he might have been all right. But <laughs> Swag. all right. So I had Kelly. 11, Cincinnati, dumpster fire. Uh, they need help on the defensive line. I, I feel like I'm taking all the D linemen, but I'm going to go uh, Cullen Farrell, Clemson. Oh, man. Anybody on that Clemson D line is just a tremendous player. So, I mean, you get somebody on the outside to rush the quarterback. And, I mean, if you get any of those guys from um, Clemson, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Farrell, I think you're doing great. So I'm going to go Farrell right here. Interesting. I had him go and uh, that was actually who I was hoping he would fall all the way to the Ravens, but that was a probably a, a long shot from the beginning. Um, but I like that pick. Definitely, definitely a great player and NFL ready for sure. 
Um, 12, Green Bay Packers. So here I had slotted Devin White. Uh, obviously, he is no longer available. So I'm going another linebacker, Devin Bush from Michigan. Okay. Um, Devin White, I think, is the best linebacker in this in this draft. Devin Bush is second. Um, Green Bay needs a linebacker, and they have another pick later on in the first round. Um, I think if they waited until that 30th pick, though, Devin Bush is going to be off the board, and if they want him, they have to take him at 12. Good pick, good pick. 13, Miami. Uh, Miami definitely needs a quarterback, but I don't believe in uh, the reach right here. I think this is a weak quarterback class, so the next best prospect for quarterback would probably be um, Daniel Jones from Duke. I don't like him at 13 after three quarterbacks already coming off the board. So I'm going to go D-line. Montez Sweat, Mississippi State, edge rusher. Huge, six foot six, 260. He's really quick. He had a great 40 time at the combine. Uh, I think he fits really well in this pick uh, for Miami. So Montez Sweat at 13. That's a great pick because that's who I had at 14. Um, I know there's been some concerns about Montez Sweat's health. Uh, heart condition, I believe. Um, yeah, but still a great pick at thirteen. I was going to have. Him at I first. think that's a risk you got to take for sure. I agree. I was going to take him at fourteen um, since he's not available. Uh, Atlanta needs edge rushers, obviously, which is why I was going to go with Sweat. But uh, if he's not available, I think they take Brian Burns from Florida State. Okay, good pick. Good pick. You done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Redskins at 15. Uh, they got gaps all over the place. <laughs> Offensive line, cornerback, wide receiver. Uh, I think you beef up your O-line right here. I mean, you go uh, – I took Jawan Taylor already, so the next best prospect would be Jonah Williams from Alabama. Uh, I mean, all the Alabama players are great. He's an offensive guard. Uh, tremendous line they had, protecting two all year. I mean, yeah, he had some uh, – Knee problems, but I mean, if you're taking any offensive lineman from Alabama, usually got a pretty good one. They last a decent amount of time in the league. So Jonah Williams off the board with the uh, Redskins. I like it. Um, I know I'm not writing all of these down and crossing them off the board as they go. So um, if and I can't remember every pick. If you duplicate, I'll let you know. Yeah. So at 16, you got Carolina Panthers. Uh, I was going to take Andre Dillard from Washington State. Um, I don't know if you haven't mentioned him yet. Is that correct? No. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Uh, big left tackle, NFL ready. I think um, I don't have, like I said, I don't have the, the running list, but at 16, I think he's going to be the best uh, O-lineman still available. Um, Carolina obviously wants to protect their the face of their franchise in Cam Newton. He's uh, still – I wouldn't say an old quarterback, but an aging quarterback and anything you can do to help that O-line and protect uh, your moneymaker, Cam Newton, obviously synonymous with the Carolina Panthers for, for many years now. Um, so Andre Dillard at, as, uh, at one of the tackle spots for Carolina, and they'll look to plug him in right away. Good pick, good pick. Uh, 17, New York by way of Cleveland with that uh, Odell Beckham trade. Mm-hmm. So with the first pick, with uh, this is cool because we both get to make a pick for the Giants. First pick for the Giants, you went Kyler Murray. I'm going to address the other side of the ball, and I'm going to go Christian Wilkins from Clemson. Uh, amazing all, defensive lineman. I mean, fills up the gaps. And I think all the – like I said, all three of these uh, defensive linemen from 
Clemson, Farrell, Wilkins, Lawrence. I think they're all going to have great careers in the NFL. So, Christian Wilkins to the Giants. Great pick. Uh, obviously, anybody from from a program like Clemson, a talent like that, you can't pass up. You can't go wrong there. Um, right. Next on the board is the Minnesota Vikings at 18. I think, uh, based on what I've seen, their biggest need is on the offensive line. Um, so I would go right here. I have slotted Cody Ford from Oklahoma. He's available. Well, then he's gone now. Um, he's <laughs> heading up north to Minnesota to protect um, Kirk Cousins. If they don't address the offensive line, Kirk Cousins is not gonna not gonna survive much longer in the league. I don't think so. Definitely their biggest nah. need, and Cody Ford uh, is who I have to uh, to fill some of those gaps on the offensive line. All right. Um, next is Tennessee Titans. Your boys. Uh, they have they have needs all over. Uh, I would I would go D line here. A lot of guys have been taken, but I mean. I think losing Delaney Walker, um, or he's actually – they still have him. He had a bad ankle injury last year. He's 35 now. Uh, and you had two great uh, tight ends. You took Hawkinson, so I'm going to go Noah Fant, also from Iowa. Great pick. To the Titans. Great pick. So, uh, yeah, got to address those needs. Yeah, he was my – I had Noah Fant as an option at 18 if Cody Ford wasn't available. So, um, okay, definitely a, a great talent. I like to call Iowa tight end U. So both tight ends. Yeah, and that'll give Mariota another option for sure. Definitely. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Yeah. Um, next pick is Pittsburgh at 20. I think with the loss of Antonio Brown, it makes sense here um, that they're going to try to add a wide receiver. Obviously, they have Schuster, who is a budding superstar in the NFL. Um, but I think – with that loss, you need to fill that gap somehow, or try to at least. AB, one of the best receivers in the league. Um, so I think the best uh, the best wide receiver option in this draft is Marquise Brown from Oklahoma. I'm taking a lot of Oklahoma Good. guys, I feel like, here. But uh, yeah, I think best, best wide receiver talent in the draft um, and the biggest need that I see from Pittsburgh's point of view uh, after losing after losing Brown. Okay, good pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, he also went down an injury, I believe, right? So, I mean, that's also a little risky. It is. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, guys like DK Metcalf, who had a great – Great combine. Um, great combine. But, I mean, like I always say, the combines and everything. So, Marquise Brown had results. I like that pick a lot. Uh, 21 to Seattle. Seattle needs to build back the Legion of Boom. So here I'm going to take a hometown guy, first cornerback off the board. I'm going to go Byron Murphy, who went to the University of Washington. And then you probably thought I was going to go Greedy Williams. I did. My LSU bias. I did. But um, uh, Greedy Williams has suspect tackling. I think uh, – I'm not saying he's not a great player. I mean, he's a great ball hawk. But I think uh, the Seahawks probably fall in love with a guy like Byron Murphy. He's a great cover cornerback. And like I said, he went to school in Washington. So – uh, that might be good for a marketing standpoint. So, Byron Murphy to the Seahawks at 21. I like it. That surprised me you didn't go Williams, but uh, I, appreci- I appreciate it. We'll see. <laughs> You'll see why coming up. Um, next are my Baltimore Ravens at 22nd. I, like I mentioned earlier, when you took Farrell, he was my, he's my dream at that spot. 
to replace some of the pass rushing that uh, Baltimore lost this off season. Um, interesting note, the Ravens did meet with Ezekiel Ansa today. I don't know. I haven't heard uh, anything about like where that's going in the future, but there's a possibility to fill some of that, some of that edge rushing that the Ravens have obviously lost this off season. Uh, but with um, Farrell not available, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball actually, and take Josh Jacobs running back from Alabama. Um, okay. The Baltimore, obviously a run heavy offense. He also gives them an option of uh, dump down kind of check pass screen guy uh, for, for Lamar Jackson. That's going to be almost an option type offense. I think for a little while, at least until Lamar's arm is NFL ready. I don't expect that it'll take all season for Lamar to get comfortable passing uh, in the NFL, but I think you can't you can't go wrong having another another weapon in the backfield with him. So Josh Jacobs from Bama. Okay, now do you think he's going to get a lot of playing time with the fact that they just signed uh, Mark Ingram? Um, that's an interesting point. I think Mark Ingram definitely not a, like an every down back. He's more of a third down and a goal line kind of guy, like we saw on New Orleans. Um, so I think he'll get he'll get some touches early on and he'll get his chances with the the Ravens' young offense. But Ingram definitely not going to be an every down kind of guy. There will definitely be opportunities for for Jacobs to get in the mix, and if he performs well, who knows? He could he could find himself with a lot more touches throughout the season. Yeah. It's interesting to see. I mean, a lot of the Alabama running backs don't pan out. Mark Ingram has had a tremendous career. Uh, Derrick Henry potentially might be coming along, might not be. We'll, he looked good towards the opinion. end of last year. He did, so we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, we'll see about Josh Jacobs. I mean, he's a uh, really good prospect, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, all right, 23, Houston. I think you got to keep building that all on, and uh, you got to protect your asset to Sean Watson. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the uh, NFL, in my opinion. I go Caleb McGarry, Washington, offensive lineman, six seven, three hundred seventeen pounds. I mean, that's a beefy motherfucker too. So I like him to keep Deshaun Watson healthy, as I really enjoy watching Deshaun Watson play. So Caleb McGarry, Washington. Oh man, you're gonna you're gonna make me mix things up here at the end. Um, so next pick moving on is Oakland at, at 24. I, uh, and Oakland's first pick was Dwayne Haskins. Correct. So I'm going to the other side of the ball and now we'll see why I appreciate you didn't take Greedy Williams. Um, Oakland going with a cornerback, Greedy Williams. We've mentioned him already from LSU, uh, a great player. You express some concern with his tackling. I think if the, if the Raiders are going for a defensive back here, um, I think this is um, so with, uh, yeah, I think they've already addressed, uh, an offensive need in a, in our version of this draft with Haskins at quarterback. Um, so let's go greedy Williams at 24. Good pick. Good pick. All right. Philadelphia. They also need a cornerback. The next one off the board, Georgia, Deandre Baker, really good cover corner. Good tackler as well, and he's going to help out there. The, uh, in my opinion, Eagles secondary sucked all last year. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, but they need help. So, DeAndre Baker, hopefully their savior, first-round pick. Good pick. Uh, next, we're at 26 now, right? 
mm-hmm. Indianapolis. Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think that they're they're going to be targeting an O lineman here. Um, I wanted to go Caleb McGarry with the twenty sixth pick uh, because he is not available any longer. Let's see, I would go. Oh man, I uh, don't have a. I didn't really have a plan B coming into uh, pick twenty six except McGarry. So if they're still going offensive line, I guess you could go. Eric McCoy, Texas A&M, uh, okay. or Bradbury from NC State. Two names um, left on the board looking good as offensive line prospects. I admittedly don't know as much about them as McGarry, but um, I think Indianapolis definitely targeting offensive line here. So uh, I'm going to go. So which one are you taking? I'm taking McCoy. McCoy, all right. McCoy, A&M, good pick. Good pick. It's a beefy guy as well. Six four three oh three. So tremendous player on the line. All right, Oakland's last pick. This is from Dallas with the uh, Mark Cooper trade. Um, I mean, we answered the questions at quarterback. They got him a cornerback. So, I mean, they need help on the D line. They need help a lot. They need help a lot, a lot of places. But I'm going to target D line. I'm going to go Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. I think this is the third Clemson. <laughs> Uh, defensive lineman I've drafted. It's just how the numbers are falling. But uh, Dexter Lawrence is actually my favorite of these three. But, I mean, he had his injuries and he tore his ACL, didn't he? He did. Yes. I mean, not I available think, right away, probably. Yeah. Uh, it's probably definitely dropped his draft stock. Maybe he's probably a top 10, maybe top 15 pick prior. But, um, He's so big. He's like six three, six four, three hundred fifty pounds. He's quick. He gets through gaps. So uh, I think he is very much worth the risk. I expect him to have a speedy recovery and make a huge impact in Oakland. And I mean, just let's talk about their first round real quick. If they got Dwayne Haskins, Greedy Williams, and Dexter Lawrence, like holy shit, that is three All Americans. So that'd be tremendous. Great pick from Oakland. Yeah, rounding out their their three pick first round. That, I mean, I bet they're hoping that it falls that way. That sounds like a a hell of a first round for them. Seriously. Um, so I, you did it again. I had Dexter Lawrence at twenty eight. I think uh, the Chargers have the twenty eighth pick, um, and they need help on that that D line. Um, so. You have to tell me if he's still available, but um, Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State. He is available. He is not. He is no longer on the board. No, he is. He is. No, he is. Okay, yeah, you got him. Okay. It's Jeffrey Simmons going at 28, uh, 6'4", 300-pound D tackle. Um, obviously, Dexter Lawrence I wanted, but plan – we'll call it plan 1A, Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. All right. Well, Seattle got this 29th pick from Kansas City yesterday. And the uh, Frank Clark trade. Uh, Seattle's first um, pick, I'd give him a cornerback. They need defensive linemen. They need offensive line, uh, safety, receiver. What I'm going to do here is uh, they just signed Russell Wilson for a lot of money. And I'm going to give him a weapon. I'm going to go DK Metcalf to Seattle at 29. He's probably the next next best uh, receiver. And he's a he's a fast dude, so yeah, he is. DK Metcalf to the uh, 
Seahawks at 29. Russell Wilson would love that. Um, glad to see DK Metcalf going in the first round. There's been talks, questions of whether or not he'll be a, a first or second round pick, but I think just, I mean, based on the numbers he put up at the combine, they're they're off the charts. So uh, definitely a great first round pick on Metcalf at 29. Uh, next pick is 30th, the Green Bay Packers, second pick of the first round. Uh, at 12, I went with Devin Bush, uh, a, a linebacker. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go to the other side of the ball, get some uh, added protection for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to take Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. Uh, I think he could fit in either at a tackle or guard spot, honestly, uh, the way he projects to the NFL. Um, whatever the biggest need at the moment for Green Bay is, I think that they can plug him in. Um, Aaron Rodgers, another one of those guys who's the face of a franchise, uh, protected at all costs, has had some injury problems in the past. So, you can never go wrong um, beefing up the offensive line. All right, good pick. Uh, 31, L.A. Rams. I feel a lot of pressure here. Our friend Ross, um, I haven't talked to him about the draft yet, but huge Rams fan. I felt really bad for him on Super Bowl Sunday because, I mean, he was about to hang himself probably. <laughs> tough yeah, tough day for sure. Uh, so I feel like a lot of pressure. I'm going to see Ross Friday. Uh, we have a big event this weekend. And uh, I just – I hope I don't upset them here. Uh, the Rams have needs on both sides of the line, linebacker, running back. So, I mean, I think the best available player here is you go center, uh, Garrett Bradbury, North Carolina State. Uh, tremendous player, beefy guy. I mean, keep building around Jared Goff. Keep helping out Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley is a great asset. You got to get him some protection to uh, run that ball. So, Garrett Bradbury, center, North Carolina State, is my pick at 31. I like it. Yeah, these last two picks, as they usually are in the first round, are, are Super Bowl teams. Um, so, obviously, they're strong strong organizations, not a, not a ton of gaping holes in their in their rosters. So, I like that pick. Um, to round out, to right, round we'll out the first what's round, Belichick uh, doing? we got the Patriots at 32 coming off. It's what seems like their millionth Super Bowl in the past – 10 years. Um, I think that the, the fact that Gronk has retired um, New England fans are going to be wondering, how are you going to replace the productivity of Gronk? Um, So I think that that's being taken into account. Uh, I think that obviously not only the fans, but the, the Pats themselves are thinking, I mean, Gronk's arguably top two tight ends of all time. Um, even in his somewhat short career. So I think that the Patriots are targeting a tight end. Uh, we've got both Hawkinson and Fant off the board, and I think the next best tight end is out of Alabama, Irv Smith, and I think he's going to round out our first first round at the 32nd pick. Good pick, good pick. I mean, a lot of those Alabama receivers and tight ends do really good well in the NFL. Exactly. So I like that pick. Uh, Belichick and Saban very close. And I, mean, I think uh, he would fit into the Belichick system as he has the Nick Saban system. So, hey, that was really fun, man. I mean, I like when we get to do stuff like that. I mean, we'll definitely do that for the NBA draft first round. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, like just doing different segments, not talking about sports. I mean, just interaction. Like, yeah, really that fun. was great. So. I think I doubt that that's, uh, that's how the first round is going to play out. Hell no. <laughs> but it's going to be a ton the, of trades. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously that – for one, I still think Kyler Murray's going first overall, but that was uh, an interesting little mix-up and fun to see how it played out. 
For sure. And, Connor, I'm going to leave you with this thought before we uh, get off the air. Old Town Road, check this out. Now, do you think the lyrics potentially could be, I'm going to take my whores to the hotel room? It absolutely could potentially be that. I thought when I first first heard the song, I thought he was definitely saying hotel. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mind blower. people went, just assumed horse because it's a uh, you got that country twang sort of thing going on. Potentially, that's an interest. I hadn't thought about that at all, but yeah, I definitely hear the word hotel when I first when I first heard the song, and which confused me because I thought I heard horse and I heard hotel as well. But you could be onto something there. Could be a double entendre. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> young Nas, a genius. <laughs> Yeah, let's bring in Billy Ray and just like blow everybody's mind. Crazy. You're gonna you're you're gonna All have right, me thinking everybody. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that last week and I never brought it up. Interesting. Horrors to the hotel. It yeah, yeah that, that honestly makes more sense. It does yeah, I mean horse and, and old town road. Yeah. Come on now. I like that. I'm come, I'm gonna start singing it that on. way from now on. Are you still obsessed with the song? Not as much as I was uh say two weeks ago. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Uh, we're looking forward to the NFL draft tomorrow, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs over the weekend. We'll be back with you all next week. Uh, have a great rest of your week and get rich. And again, if anybody uh, anybody wants to get on a podcast, we are accepting all applications for all guests. So hit us up. Open door policy, First Amendment, full hit effect. Us up. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you all. See you, Grant. All right.